episode two of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with your co-host, Russ. And we have our special guest here today, Wyatt Young, um, head coach of the JV Hornets. Um, first off, before we get started, Coach, how's the season been so far? For the Dogs or for the JV Hornets? For the Hornets, Coach. Well, the JV Hornets have uh, won three, lost two. Uh, pretty upsetting. The two we lost, lost one in a buzzer beater dunk in the JV game. And uh, lost another one the other night by, what, two? Yeah. It's been pretty disappointing in, in uh, those regards because we don't like to lose. We're winners. So hopefully well, we can turn this m- thing Much on. like those Georgia Bulldogs. Do you, exactly. think, do you think the talent level is there, though, for this JV team in the future? I, I do. I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys grow up and uh, just be studs as well as academic weapons. I'm super proud of those guys. Yeah, I've got a few of those guys. Anyway, but to today's topic, Oscar Dell. Don't know a whole lot about him. He's a four-star coming out of high school, number one tight end in his class. But, you know, he may have a big role coming up in this in next week's game. He played a lot in the semifinal, obviously did not catch a pass. But what should we expect from him, Russ? You know, I think we're going to see a bigger role with, uh, especially if Darnell is out this week. And uh, got to step up and make some plays. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a tough decision Darnell will be because wouldn't you say he's kind of like an extra offensive lineman out there? 100%. But I also think that Dell can fill that void of him not being there as well. I mean, he's a big-body guy who can really block up front, can block a, a guard and in any type of guy he has to. I mean, a tackler and in any type of guy he has to. He's quick. He's athletic. He can also catch. He's dangerous. And we haven't seen a lot from him this year. Not a lot of people have scouted him because there's not much to scout. So he could be he could be dangerous. I think he's my sleeper offensive MVP of the national championship. He's my sleeper pick. Was Stetson been on the roster? Um, Stetson, you know, he was the offensive MVP last year, obviously. My top three for offensive MVP, if the Dogs win, of course, it'd be Stetson's obviously going to be your favorite. I'd go um, Brock Bowers is your number two, and i go Delp as number three. I could see Delp having a monster showing. No and running backs there? You know, there's the backfield is so congested almost. It's a great problem to have, but they have so many great backs that it's hard for any one of them to really just explode. I'm uh, expecting a large game from Kenny McIntosh. I think that he's going to kind of step up as the number one back in the national championship and uh, kind of expose that TCU defense. He's been a huge piece lately. He's He's been making – I mean, obviously, you see the breakaway runs, the breakaway speed, and everybody's going to talk about the big plays. A back that I really love is Kendall Milton. You know, when he's healthy, he's a real issue. It's hard for him to, you know, but keeping him healthy has always been an issue ever since he was a freshman. You know, I think a big part of that running game, you got uh, Warren McClendon out a little bit. You know, he's questionable. Could be a big part of that game. Amaris Mims played good last game, but, you know, we'd like to have him back. Like we boy. Yeah. Four, seven, eight. That's right. But um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a challenge. And TCU, you know, they run a three-three-five. Obviously, that looks like a formation you can run the ball well against. But, um, I mean, they shut down Michigan's run game pretty well. well J.J. McCarthy sucked in my opinion. Um, can't throw two picks. 
Two pick sixes. Expect to win. Two pick sixes and expect to win the football game. Well, you know, they made them one-dimensional and made it where, I mean, she's going to run the ball. I mean, can't throw it, so. They're a, I think it's going to be a lot closer ball game than what's being said. Obviously, going back-to-back, back, it's just really the whole mindset, the idea of going back-to-back back is really challenging, and it's kind of hard to keep that edge with this team, but I think Coach Smart will have these guys ready to go. Give me a score prediction, Reed. Right now, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been going through. The one I keep coming back to is 38-17, and I'll give you quarter by quarter. Quarter one, 21 nothing dogs. Quarter two, 24, 24-14 at half. Quarter three, give me 31 31-17, and then quarter four, 38-17. Strong quarter to close out defensively. I like that. I, uh, I'm going 42-10. I think uh, TCU strikes first with a uh, 32-yard field goal after Georgia gets a stop, after one big play from TCU, and then it's all Georgia the rest of the game, and TCU gets a late touchdown in the fourth. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit around like 45-21. Uh, late scoring by TCU, same uh, yeah. It's going to be Georgia dominant. But at the same time, this team, you know, there's a lot of questions on that front. Obviously, you know, you're going to need some of these edge guys back. They're real thin at that edge rusher position. And with Jalen Carter facing those double teams for – I mean, he can expect to face a double team the whole night. You're going to need guys like Zion Logue. Nazir Stackhouse, Chas Chambliss, if he's healthy, Robert Beal, if he's healthy, those guys need to step up and make plays. Not be, they don't have to be Jalen Carter. They just have to be, be electric. You got to fill that yeah. void of having those guys missing, no doubt. You know, and something that's not really talked about with this team, but think about how many guys on that front seven last year were drafted. Yeah. You have Jordan Davis in the middle, Trayvon Walker, number one pick, uh, Devontae Wyatt, uh, first round pick, Quay Walker. Nakobe Dean, Channing Tindall, um, William Poole left, you know, personal reasons this season. Um, Nolan Smith's hurt. He's something, he's a guy that when the injury happened, you know, it was a big deal, but it wasn't something where everybody was like, oh, no, like, what are we going to do? But now you can see kind of where really he's missed at. I agree. I think uh, Nolan Smith is kind of the anchor of that defense. He's what makes them go. Obviously, Jalen Carter is just an outstanding football player. Who draws a lot of attention away from the other guys, but I think Nolan Smith is the heart and soul of that defense, and it's tough not having him on the football field for sure. These young linebackers going in, you know, they have a lot of talent with their linebacker group, and Jamon Dumas Johnson, he's played well. Um, MJ Sherman, he's played well, and there's one more guy I'm forgetting. I don't know, but Dumas Johnson is the most electric guy on the field, in my opinion. He is everywhere. They play – they're obviously all young, and that's – they don't have that same experience that your linebacker linebacker group had last year, which that's obviously could scare you. And they're very aggressive, which I like to see in a linebacker. But um, sometimes they're overly aggressive, and they can leave massive holes. And TCU's run game isn't something that's talked about a whole lot. But, I mean, they ran on Michigan – and Michigan was one of those teams that was supposed to have a top 
five top ten defense. Well, you know, TCU's down there. You know, they're questionable. Their leading rusher is uh, questionable. but So that could play a big role in their run game and how they approach things. So I'm thinking to see more passing if that if he's not playing. Yeah, it's they need to get they need to make TCU a one-dimensional football team, and really just that first quarter is going to be huge for the dogs. I feel like I feel like they can jump out in front early, then they can just set up the rest of the game and almost not coast throughout the rest of the game. But if you can get up by two to three scores in that first quarter. Then you can just sit back and make them throw the football on you the rest of the game and just kind of play keep away with the ball. Yeah, I like. Uh, I mean, I think going back to what y'all said about keeping them one dimensional. Obviously, if you can uh, keep Max Duggan standing up in the pocket and not being able to get outside, not being able to you know run downhill, I think it uh, becomes a different kind of situation for Georgia, where Georgia will dominate the entire football game if all Max Duggan has to do is throw the football. And uh, I, I look forward to the game, and I really think that Georgia will do that. And another thing, obviously. That semifinal with TCU and Michigan was a high-scoring game. So everybody's obviously going to think Max Duggan had a wonderful game. He turned the ball over twice. His completion percentage was below 50%. And really, a lot of his, you know, his yards came from a couple chunk plays. Really, if you eliminate their big plays, they're not going to be able to drive on that defense because there will be no run game. That's the heart. That's, that's what Georgia's known for is that run defense. Well, you know, in the passing game, for uh, Georgia's defense, they really need to work on crossing routes. We got killed last game with crossing routes, and TCU's a big, a big use of those. So I think you know we need to we need to work them, get better at them. Keila Ringo's got to step up. We already talked about that. Yeah, Keila Ringo, Kamari Lasseter, Javon Bullard. I would like to see um Everett. He's a freshman, mm-hmm. young guy, five star. You know, have not seen him a lot this year. But, I mean, if one of these guys, especially Keila Ringo, that's the one everybody's going to point out because he's obviously the one who's been struggling as of recent. If they're struggling and they're giving up big plays, throw one of these younger guys in because they all have talent. And, honestly, I wouldn't mind to see him play. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're saying Keely Ringo may be a first-rounder. You know, I don't mm, – he it's has – It's tough for me. I think uh... – People are kind of giving him a lot of crap right now because he's kind of been exposed in some ways, but and he gets picked on. He's always guarding the best receiver on the football field. Man-to-man coverage, you're not going to win that every single time. The hardest position to play in football is cornerback. And I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know if y'all agree with that. I played corner. I've I think seen it's corner. I think it is a extremely hard position to play because you're lining up against across another outstanding athlete, and you have to be able to you know watch his hips run with somebody, have the speed, have the athleticism to be able to break up plays and to make tackles in the open field. And I think it's a tough play. And I think Keely Ringo is first-round talent, regardless of how he's played the last two or three weeks, in my opinion. I think he has a he has a special build as a corner. You know, that size-speed combination and length, really, is something that's hard to find. Obviously, you know, what, what did we say last night, Coach? You know, the NFL, they want cornerbacks with length. You know, he's yeah. got that. He's got speed, and he's got that size. He can come up and tackle, but, you know, there's just something in his game that's missing, I feel like, from him being a true shutdown corner. But I really do think he could have a big game, and I think he could have a show, almost like a showcase of what he can do in his NFL future, and I think he has a bright future if he can figure everything out. Well, I always, you know, I think he shows up in big games. I mean, you can't forget last year. 
and I would love to see several interceptions from him. I hope it doesn't come down to it having to be the game winner, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'm expecting him to be a big piece of what Georgia's defense is doing. Or just have a game like that Tennessee football game yes. where, you know, he covered Jalen Hyatt, who's your Valenta Golf winner. I don't know if that's how you say it. It's close enough. But he's, you know, wide receiver of the year. Um, You know, before the game, I heard that Kirby Smart kind of pissed him off, really dogged on him, you know, made him made him out to be not as great as he is. But, um, you know, it's I'd like to see kind of a fire lit inside of him going into this this week. <clears throat> well, you know, let's let's talk about Stetson Bennett and what's been going on with uh, the – the troubles he's been facing and the criticism he's getting from it. You know, he's a, he's not, I, you know, on paper, he's having a great, he had a great game Saturday and I think, you know, he played good, but I was here and there. He's had mistakes throughout his whole career where they're just kind of bonehead mistakes, kind of just not really truly thinking everything out, you know, and I was, what I want to see more of is him taking advantage of his legs when he gets out of the pocket because there's a couple times early on in that Ohio State game and even late there was a there's a second and um there's a second and eight he rolled out and threw it in completion you know he had a completed pass for seven yards and they got stopped on third and one when he could have ran easily for a first down and gotten out of bounds gotten down. You know, I'd like to see him use his legs more and really make TCU really have to truly play him as a runner as well because that's a part of his game that is underrated and obviously going to be obviously going to be something that's tough. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kirby said it best. Um, I mean, obviously the defense gave him those situations to succeed right there at the end, and uh, on paper, you know, Stetson did have a really really outstanding game, but you go back to you know the three and outs the busted plays, all the stuff like that. That, uh, As a coach, you kind of can look at that and understand that some of that is Stetson Bennett's fault. He's not going through the proper progressions. He's extending plays in the wrong direction, and he's just not doing things the right way that are going to put Georgia in the best position to succeed on offense. And I think, you know, Kirby is looking at that as a fact of we wanted the game to be a little bit closer and I'd be a little more dominant on our side of the ball on offense, and unfortunately it didn't happen. I mean, he was very, very honest about Stetson Bennett's play. And uh, I think we should expect big things from Stetson Bennett. This is his second time here, and um, a win for him kind of solidifies his legend as one of the best walk-ons to ever do it. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you, Coach, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you. Good luck heading on in your JV season as you get ready for the JV playoffs and JV state title. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you all. I appreciate it. That's, that'll be it for today's episode. Please join us tomorrow around 3 o'clock.